Well, well hello. How you doing? Hi, hi listener. Uh, this is uh, a little podcast we like to call... The, the Yamcast. And so I'm Chris. And I'm Erica. And uh, we made this podcast because we love college students, we love young adults, and we want to just teach you the Bible and talk about life. Yeah, and if you would like to contact us, you can find us on the socials at the Yamcast, or you could email us if it's a little longer or you want to keep it private. You could email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. We always welcome the emails. We do. And it's been a while since we've had one. So, so send one in. I'm going to beg you to send one now. Yeah. Right now. Right now. All right. So we're going to do another little yam snack. Yeah. Just a little little, little chip bag. Yeah. We're, we're rolling out of my sabbatical. <laughs> I was like thinking just, of what a snack would be. We're, we're running. Chip bag. We're running. Mm-hmm. We're doing episodes and such. Live, coming at you. <laughs> Live. By the time, what's so weird about this is by the time people actually listen to this, it's been a while since we've recorded it, mm-hmm. but it feels live. It does. But it's not. It's, no. It's weird. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So our little yam snack today, we, you know, we've heard so much positive feedback about various episodes that we've done over the years from our huge audience. Have we? Yeah, we have. Okay, Great. Erica I always love not, feedback. Erica has not heard the feedback that I, I have know heard. If I've, yeah, I mean, you're around more people that, you know, would give that feedback That's true. than I probably am. And so. some of them were, are probably more likely to text me than they are to text you. Mm-hmm. That'd be fair to say. Yeah. So I get a text every once in a while like, hey, that was a good episode. I like that. And the relationship episodes that we do, if we talk about relationships at all, make people really happy. Mm-hmm. So we thought, let's do another one. Well, and what's more applicable to young adults as well is is relationships, right? Sure. So. I think that's a a common thing where you uh, feel pretty lost of like, sure. I don't know how to navigate this. And we've either heard very specific things of like, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this. And then right. you're just like, I don't, I don't know how to do this in real life. Right. So. And whether you're a young adult who's trying to date and looking for a Christian and not sure how this whole thing, you know. How do we do this right? We love talking about that. But also there's elements of individuals who maybe are high school sweethearts and got married really young. And as a young mm-hmm. adult now are starting to mature as an individual and they're starting to ask questions about, well, what does this look like now? Because we're both a little different. different. We're yeah. different than we were a few years ago. How do we adjust and, and deal with this? And there's hope for all of you. I mean, we've, oh, yeah. we've got a number of things to talk about on this podcast that regard in this regard, but, uh, in today's episode, we're just going to deal with a couple of questions that we've thought through or thrown have thrown our way from people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, dive in. Yeah. All right, so the first one I, I think we should kind of spend a little bit of time on is how do you handle someone asking, you know, are you interested in me or do you want to be in a relationship with me, but you're not interested mm. in said relationship with that person? Uh, there's been a few of those moments and I'm sure all of our lives where someone has come to us and said, Hey, you want to be in a relationship with me or something less forward? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go to a movie and you're like, yeah. Oh, I know what this is really all about. Yeah. So what do you, what do we do? What, how do we handle something like that? We're young adult trying to figure our way in the life uh, that we're living. And yeah. So I remember being when I was younger and when those instances would happen they were actually usually people that I didn't really know. <laughs> I didn't really have the ones of, of, you know, people that I knew that that happened often. It was 
the random person, and I'm like taken off guard. Off guard? Yeah. Is that the right word? Yeah. Um, sometimes I don't use those sayings correctly, um, or I use the wrong words. Those are fun moments to talk into, though, so yeah. go for it. Use yeah. as many wrong words as you want to. Yeah, so, like, I remember once being at, like, a, like I think it was Great Wolf Lodge or something, mm. and, like, the guy at the gift store said, like, made some sort of, you know, pass, and I was just like, no. And, and obviously, I don't even know the person, but even just from, and I don't want to say being shallow, but even just from looks, I was like, yeah. That's that's not going to happen. Like, we don't even live in the same place. Like, what what is this? That what? No, this isn't going to work out. Because I also am not just going to date to date, right? Like, mm. I'm going to date for the, the long game. So, I never really had those instances. But I've had friends that have had, like, actual people in their circle. Mm. You know? Yeah. Hey, you want to go do something? You want to? Which, can we just start by saying that that is... That is very, um, that really puts you out of your comfort zone. It's terrifying. Yes. And so. To go to anyone and say, are you interested in hanging out with me is a terrifying moment. So can, if you are on the receiving end of that, can you just take a moment and realize how long it's probably been that they have been mulling this over. Right. Before they actually come and talk to you and give them a ton of grace Mm -hmm. because you probably wouldn't do it, right? Like, I know I never did that. I never did that. So can you literally just take a little bit of time to realize that takes a lot of guts mm-hmm. and acknowledge it? You could even say that takes a lot of gut. Like, you could even say that to them, you know? Um, but do it in a way that doesn't belittle the other person. Like, wow, <laughs> you're asking me? That <laughs> takes a lot of guts. Yeah, please don't do like, that. Like, that's a jerky way to do it. But if you start off with something like, man, I'd so appreciate this question and how hard it must have been for you to ask that question. I'm choosing Jesus right now instead of relationships. No, I'm kidding. Don't don't do that. What what would you say though? What would you say to that? So, I mean, I guess it really depends on, it does. I mean, as, as we say, it depends on who the person is. If I already have a good friendship with them, I might, I don't want to say indulge them, but I might say, yeah, let's hang out. We're friends. Let's see who knows. Because the thing with attraction, it, it can grow. I've often found actually the people that I'm attracted to initially, it's not good for me. They're the ones that I become like infatuated with. They're the ones that distract me. They're the ones that, and that's not a good, mm-hmm. I don't find that to be a good place to be in. Because right. actually I think they detract me from God. Right. So one thing that I was very, and I had prayed this so much through my 20s, like God, whoever you bring into my life, please don't let them distract me from you. And with Aaron, I mean, I don't want this to sound bad, but I wasn't attracted at first, but I liked hanging out with him, so I kept hanging out with him. And the more I got to know him, the more his personality drew me to him, you know? And it wasn't the looks. So I haven't been infatuated. He hasn't detract like distracted me from God at all. And I was like, and initially in the beginning, I kind of thought that wasn't right. I was like, I thought it had to be this, like, head over heels. I can't get enough. I'm like whatever it might be. And then I realized, no, Erica, that's what you've been praying for. So right. like, and here it is, you right. know? So I almost say, why not go with them? Why not see what could be? Or, I mean, you at least would have a great friendship from it, right. if nothing else. But also you just, you, I kind of want to say like, you never know. You just never know. Right. 
we kind of want to write people off because they don't meet our list, right? But my thing is like, the list is can be kind of dumb. They really only need to meet a few criteria, right? And you just you just never know. So I I sometimes don't want you to write people off too quickly. Well, and and just to clarify, because you said this a few times on the podcast, it wasn't that Aaron was unattractive to you. It was yeah. more of a matter of it just wasn't the spark that you thought mm-hmm. it needed to be. Yes, yeah. And as that, you never felt that spark. You're kind of like, well, what does that mean? Um, and then, you know, am I attracted? And then you found out later, like, there's something, you have a totally different criteria that, you know. Yeah. I, on the other hand, have been asked by multiple individuals that I was not attracted to in the least for various reasons, whether it was personality, their lifestyle, things that I was looking at, like, oh, you know, or, or there have been occasions where I just, I'm thinking back when I was younger, you know, like I married Heidi at 21. Mm-hmm. So I was only a young adult for a few years before getting married. And like 18 and 19, I was still in a very long-term relationship that had started in high school. Mm-hmm. So I only had a couple of years there where I was even on the market and available, as they say. <laughs> as they say. It felt so weird. And especially I was serving in student ministries as a as an intern and stuff. And so there were... I could, I just knew that there were people around that were like, oh, it would be so great this to, person. Yeah, it'd be this so great person. to be with him. And I'm like, no one knows who really who I am or like what I'm all about. You know what I'm saying? So there were individuals that had come to me at different points. Um, some older than me, some, you know, right at my age who just made a huge assumptions, like he's interested in this or this. And I could tell they were more interested in like partying mm. than they were really going on a date with me. So part of it for me was I, I was trying to clarify and I would ask the Lord for this, like, Lord, give me discernment to be able to read people's hearts mm. and so that I'm able to kind of know where they're coming from. And so how I handled that often was, you know, um, I have a, a focus. I'm aiming my life in a direction and I, I'm really focused right now. And so I, I just need to stay focused, which then got a little weird when a lady named Heidi popped into my life. And, you know, there were some sp- Sparks right off the bat when I saw her. And on top of that, everyone around me was telling me how amazing she was. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm stubborn, so I was avoiding her, and she was avoiding me because we both have this amazing stubborn streak to us that's really fun to like be in marriage together. Um, <laughs> and that's somewhat sarcastic, but also really funny. And all of a sudden, I am interested in someone, and all the people who were interested in me around me, and like our college ministry especially, there were a bunch of... of uh, young ladies that I could tell were like, oh, I wonder if he'll ever be available for me. Mm. And then all of a sudden I was dating someone and it was like weird for people. Like, wait, I thought you were singularly. I'm like, I, I was. This, this, But like this kind of came, came up. Yeah. So it actually backfired a little bit. So what I'm trying to say, mm. and my whole point here is be very careful with what you're saying and don't just do some random excuse to try to get yourself out of it. Think through really what your answer is going to be and what you're trying to aim for. And, you know, it was, it, I didn't want to say to some of the ladies, you don't meet the criteria that I've been praying through for a number of years. And most of the time it was actually more spiritual than, yeah. than physical. Uh, and then, you know, then I had to sort of answer for things later. And then when we got married and we started going through a couple of years of marriage, everyone's like, oh, wow, you guys are really, really cool together. I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm like. This is what I was praying for, and the Lord blessed me with with her, and it, and it totally fits. So I don't know if that helps anybody because I, I got out of it quicker, mm-hmm. but anyway. 
Well, and I think I think what is very important is yes, be very careful as to what your yeah. I don't want to say excuse, but like what your reasoning is for not right. wanting to to go on a date with them, because a lot of times it becomes you almost you almost put God as your excuse, and it could be valid, but right. sometimes it can just sound. Jesus Juki. Yeah, that you're yeah. just like, oh, I, yeah, I don't know. No, I'm with the Lord right now. Yeah, like I'm dating Jesus, you know, or whatever. Well, that, I don't know if I've ever heard that as an excuse. but Well, I okay, so I had a young le- a leader in Milwaukee, a young lady who came to us, and actually we had a, a relationship night for a youth group, and we talked through a number of things. And she was on the panel, and she told the whole group, I, I believe God has called me to singlehood. And it was really cool and it was amazing. Uh, and then she got married like a year and a half later. <laughs> and it, but what was amazing and really, really cool. And I, you know, it was, it was a beautiful union. Mm-hmm. And if you two are listening, there's, there's no way that I'm against anything that you guys, like you guys turn out amazing. But in the middle of that, there were a lot of questions from the kids like, wait, 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 what does that mean? And she was really honest. Even in that panel discussion, I feel like the Lord is saying this to me right now because I have no interest in relationships. I have mm. full interest in following him. And I'm, if I'm going to be single my whole life, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then along came this individual who they had very sing- singular mindsets toward ministry and they were both in the medical field. They both wanted to become medical missionary type stuff. And it was just sort of one of those things like, God, are you in this? And so the conversations I had with them were, we're not sure that we're attracted to one another, but we really like the conversation what does that mean for us? And can we, you know, for her, mm, can I, yeah. re, can I go back on what I said yeah. to the whole group? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you never said that you were like going to stay single for your whole life. You never said you were going to be a nun. None, yeah. But there was an element there of like, that was a serious question for the kids to work through. And I, and it actually turned into a beautiful thing. So all that to say, I would, I would end this part of my part of the conversation, just saying, be honest all the yeah. way through, no matter what, you know, just, but, but kind and gentle, mm-hmm. but, but honest. Yeah. Alrighty, what's the greatest challenge that you've had in your relationship, and how did you move through it? So small topic to talk. I mean, yeah. So we've we've been together three years now. Forever. Forever. Um. So dating to engaged for six months. Yep. And married for six months. Has it and been six months already? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Isn't that crazy? That's cool. I think seven now. Seven now. Because it really started at the first yeah. of the year, so it's easy. For it's you to pretty keep track easy of. to keep track. <laughs> um, and I mean, I think because each phase has brought its own difficulty, right? Sure. So the dating phase, what was difficult for me was really trying to figure out if this is what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like just second guessing a lot of things, um, and really just the expectations, like what you expect a relationship to be. And a lot of that is cultural, whatever that's been brought up um, and you've been brought up around it. So you think that's what it's supposed to be like. Um, And so I think a lot of that was just combating a lot of those expectations Mm -hmm. and then engaged. It was kind of just that limbo section of we're not married yet. We're not dating. We are like, that is our trajectory. Even dating was our trajectory was marriage. Um, but it was, we're, we want to prepare well, right. you know? And so I right. think some things were, that wasn't really a struggle. It was just, that's where our focus was, was making sure that we're preparing well. And I would say in marriage, there's been, I mean, like, one that was, is kind of small, but, like, learning to sleep in the same bed was very totally. difficult. Like, I 
probably for the first month did not really sleep the greatest because I'm just not used to sleeping with somebody else. Right. Um, but I mean, it's also just like communication and I know everybody says that, but it really is like voicing your expectations and then, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of times it's just voicing your expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, like that's been kind of a struggle where you're just like, why do you keep doing that? And just have it talking about those things. And yeah. So it's really the in, in the day in and day out stuff sure. that that can be um that kind of can start to creep up and be become a struggle. Um I mean as alluded to previously like we're in a, a transition right now which is can be kind of a struggle too. Um so but it's also nice that like we go through it together, right. you know. Well, and I think that's the key for any struggle that you go through is it has to be together. Mhm. Right. I mean, marriage is not meant to be easy. And when the difficulties come, if you're not leaning in together and then leaning toward God, if any one part of that equation is broken, you're just asking for a canyon to develop really quickly Yeah. between you. What about for you? Yeah. So we've had a bunch of really tough challenges. So how um, long have you guys been together? Oh, man. It's going to age you? Yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> So we started dating um, in 2004, and we got married in 2005, mm -hmm. and everyone's doing the math. It was nine months from when we met to when we got married, and then we had our first child like two years later, and then another child three years after that. So I now have a, at this moment that we're recording, I have a 14-year-old, which is a high schooler. Which is crazy! Insane <laughs> to think about. And I have a sixth grader who's 11. And so, you know, I'm asking the question, what has been the greatest challenge to our relationship? It's similar to what you just said. There have been phases where, like, really significant challenges. And it's really hard for me to sort of name, like, what's like the biggest one. You know, because when we first met, I think my past was actually one of the biggest challenges for us to move into a relationship mm -hmm. in the first place. Um and we got through it fairly quickly, but but I I did not live according to the way God would wanted me have wanted me to live when I was in high school, and I've intimated to that on here on the podcast. But um, my lifestyle uh, just really threw people for a loop, and rightfully so, mm -hmm. you know, because you grow up in church and you always think I'm going to marry an individual who's you know pure and faithful and amazing in all these different ways. And you sort of get this idea of what a church kid looks like, and then you find out what the church kid really was like, and you're like, ugh, gross, yeah. I'm out. Peace. Uh, so how did we move through that? Honesty. I just had to be really, really honest and open about both who I had been and what happened with that and why um, why I had made some of the decisions that I made and then how I dealt with that since because of God's moving in my life and how I was different. Uh, and then once you get engaged, I think one of the – biggest challenge is, is purity because there's this lie to you tell yourself like we're almost married what's the big deal you know what I'm saying so we we had to keep kind of working through what that looked like and and um, you know sort of make some major decisions in life that uh, you know tried to just sort of move through it so that we could we could get married and feel like great about our choices and I don't know that we always felt super great about all of our choices you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying um, and then getting married 
and adjusting to an entirely other person in your life is a major challenge. Yeah. And then you add into that any of the valleys that come with, like I had a really rough church job. My first, mm-hmm. my first full-time pastorate was, was difficult. Uh, there was a major, one of the pastors said it was a major vision collision at the church. People didn't agree with each other and there was some major issues with that. And I was young and immature in some of the ways that I led or did things might have added to the strife more than it should have. And so we both left there pretty beat up and pretty done with, I wouldn't say I was done with the faith, but I was definitely done with working at churches. Mm. Uh, and then after that, you know, we had our first child and um, parenthood was amazing. The The elements of of having a child at home and having a lot of life transitions all at the same time was difficult for mm-hmm. both of us because we... We quit that job, started seminary, had our first kid. I was a waiter at Cheesecake Factory while going to school full-time. And just all of that jerking everyone around kind of thing just sparked some really negative things for both of us, faith-wise, you know, emotionally, all that kind of stuff. And so that was probably the deepest valley we've ever gone through. Um, and the way that we got through that is we, we had to lean into each other and lean into God. Like, there's no way through it unless you're doing that. So there were a lot of you know, tearful nights of me with the Lord just saying, I really want to be for you and I want to be completely for Heidi. You need to show me the way. There's mm-hmm. no way for me to do this right. And praise God, like we, we, because we did that, and I don't want to say we like used the formula, but like we, we did what we were supposed to do and we leaned into it. Uh, it's been great. And then challenges of having children has been a, there are like my kids, I love them. They are amazing. You know, you're both maybe listening to this episode at some point in the next 17 months or so. Um, <laughs> you're you're listening, and I, I love you. I'm so proud to be your dad. At the same time, you know that the challenges you've brought our way, and there have been moments where even Heidi and I have to like reconfigure parenting to get on the same page, right? And in, and back to that original thing I said, we have a stubborn streak in both of us, and so the only way through all of this has been let's focus on it together. Let's make sure that we're on the same page. And then let's also focus on it in a way that would honor God. And as we sort of figure this out, then let's move through it. There's no other way to get through the challenges but mm-hmm. that. And so I can't say that louder or loud enough. Like it just needs to be heard by you. Your relationship, when you honor God, you will get through it. If you're choosing to do a bunch of things your way, it's just going to fall apart at some point. Mm-hmm. If it hasn't already. Yeah. Just to add to that too, like when you go through the different valleys one of them you might be the one that is speaking the truth pulling them up whatever it might be and then maybe in the next valley they're actually the one doing that for you Mm -hmm. right like because I mean the valleys hit both of you but I feel like a lot of times they hit one of you a little more so and so yeah it might not be 50 50 getting through that valley it is probably not going to be. Um, and so, yeah, you'd still do it together, but yeah, they might need you to be the voice of reason throughout. Mm-hmm. Or And really what I've even learned too is I've literally just asked, what do you need from me in this moment? Like if right. they're struggling, what do you need? For, do you need me to be that voice of reason? Do you need me to just listen? Do you totally. need, you know, like, because there's nothing worse than you getting something in return that you really don't want. And it just makes it kind of worse, you know? So actually just asking like, what do you need from me in this moment? So, um, yeah, just a couple of thoughts. That's good. So how long it's too long to hold on to an issue before you talk it through? So I've, and I think this is, 
I think you need to figure that out for yourself. Sure. Each person. Because I know for me, if it still bugs me, three like three days is kind of my thing. Like if it still bugs me three days later, then I need to talk about it. Sometimes it's not even three days, but I get hangry. Why didn't you eat your soup three, yeah, day, like three it's, days later? It's, yeah. Okay. No, well then, <laughs> hopefully I would have let that go. Um, but I... I get hangry. Like, I've learned that when I'm super irritable, when things really bug me, it's when I'm hungry or when I'm tired. And so I I kind of need to let time happen for me to see if it still is lingering. If it's still lingering, then it's not because I was hungry or I was tired. It's something we need to talk about. Um, so usually I would say it's like a three-day. I kind of give myself. Also, why I give myself three days is so that I can process how to go about handling the situation so that I don't come in guns a blazing and getting super defensive and like accusatory because that solves nothing. That's me coming in remembering he's not doing this intentionally. He doesn't actually want to hurt you. Like reminding myself of all those things so that I can just present it in a way that is like when you did this, I know you weren't intending it, but this is how it came across and this is how it affected me. Then we were able to probably process through that much better. If I do it too quickly... Then we just kind of go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and nothing actually gets solved, you know? So I think also giving yourself time allows you to process how to actually bring the issue up in a way that is actually constructive. And I'm assuming at this point you've communicated that, that you need time to think it through. Because there's probably some part of him that notices that you're angry about something or not. Well... Because actually what we've come to realize is he needs time to think it through. And... Mm. When it's hit, when it's him that is being affected, does that make sense? Yep. Whereas, I'm like, I just want to talk about it. I want us to get this out in the open, like, and he's just like, I need time. And anyways, um, okay. So knowing that about each other, I think is really helpful too. Yeah. Because I'm one that I'm like, I just want us to hash this out and get it done and over with. So when I've had my time to think about it, then I'm like, yeah, I want to hash this out and get it done and over with. But that's what's also hard is because I've taken my three days. He has not had that time. So you kind of have to judge that too. Okay. That's good. What about you? Early on in our marriage, we had the conversation, you know, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And we had just a realistic conversation about it because we would maybe start a discussion at like nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And then we would both really want to follow that passage and like go to bed, not having, we, mm-hmm. I don't know that we ever get uber angry at each other, but we definitely get to the point where it's like, we need to nail this down or else we're not going to be able to move forward. And we, we just were really honest, like, no, we're going to go to bed. It, we're both better if uh-huh. we sleep and then tomorrow we can talk this through again. And so there've been times where, you know, I don't think I wear my emotions very quietly with her. There's very, mm. most people in my life think I'm a poker face. Like I don't really have emotions and that's mostly true with my wife. She knows me so well that the moment I'm mad about something, she's like, I can tell you're upset. Let's just talk. And I'm like, I don't think that's good for anyone right now. Mm-hmm. And so for me then here's my modus operandi. I, I know I'm angry about something. I have to go talk to the Lord. And then I start talking to myself and then I talk to the Lord again. Sometimes I'll have the entire conversation with Heidi in, in your, some regard. Yeah. So I might be on a run and I'm on a run just discussing this with my wife and I'm thinking through how she would ask the question and I'm <laughs> thinking through my answer. And in the middle of all of that, I start to realize I'm an idiot 
And then I start to apologize to the Lord. And then I get ready to apologize to her. And then I come to her and I say, here's what I'm angry about. And here's why I'm wrong. And then we talk it through. She usually proves that she's right and I'm wrong. And I'm an, I'm a knucklehead and I've, I'm overblowing the whole situation. And then at the end of all of that, uh, she usually apologizes and says, okay, well then we got to figure this out. But that all happens usually within a day or two. Like we never go longer than that. Mm-hmm. If there's, if it's longer than a, than a day or two, we're moving into, and here's, here's what I would say. My answer to this question isn't how much, how long is too long. My question would be once bitterness yeah. is potentially starting to seek in, like you need to get out of that conversation and start actually like talking it through. So being somewhat upset with someone or frustrated with someone is one thing. When it moves into bitterness, so like if I'm if I'm really short with her, all of a sudden, when she asks a question and I'm, I'm really short, I kind of sink into a shell like, what is going on? And I realize I still haven't dealt with that thing that we need to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing for me. is like when I notice that I'm not loving her the way that I should be, I'm holding on to something for too long mm-hmm. and it's time to talk it through. She's also really good about bringing that up at that moment and being like, all right, what are we, what are we talking about? Cause we're clearly not on the same page about something. So let's chat, let's chat this through. But then again, we've been married for, you know, 16 years and change, Yeah. you know, ours is 16 years and six months at this point. Uh, and then, you know, the whole nine month long dating and, and engagement period, super long. Uh, so, long. so if you think about that, we're, we're almost 17 years into knowing each other and we've really nailed this down at this point. But we also started talking last weekend, like we're six years away from empty nesting potentially, which is crazy to think about. So we're like, all right, let's start preparing for like having hobbies to do together and like, Mm -hmm. you know, enjoying life together. Uh, Or or I joked with her, do you want me to just work 80 hours a week so that you never see me? You know, do do you want to just have your own (laughs) life and I'll have my own life? And then at the, you know, we'll get together and hang out on the nights or weekends. She's like, no. But we really like each other. Like, we've always liked each other. It's it's this beautiful, like, that's what I love about our relationship is I have no, I have so much more fun with her than anybody else in the world. And she gets me better than anybody else in the world. And we can talk on a deeper level than I than I do with anybody else, really. So, mm-hmm. like, when people are, are like, who's your best friend? It's like, it's Heidi. Like, who wouldn't it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, or years ago, my aunt and uncle once said, we she sat on my lap at Christmas. And they're like, well... We'll see how long that lasts. And like six years later, she sat on my lap and they're like, oh, you guys are still doing that. I'm like, I'm never going to stop doing this. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know why you would stop. So, all right. When is love not enough? So, yeah, I saw this question kind of come up because you see, I feel like I've seen this in movies often, right? Like that love is enough. Love will get you through whatever it might be. Um and I've, I've watched people break up that truly love each other. Like, it is, it is the hardest thing for them to actually break up because they truly do love each other, but there is just something that is letting them know that they're not supposed to be together. So, yes, love can, I, well, I don't know. People say love can conquer all, like, whatever, all of these That's things. That's not true. It's not. Um <clears throat> but but really like you it's not always just about loving them and so knowing these couples that have actually broken up when they truly do love each other like that is that that takes guts right mm-hmm. like that's really hard to do when you just know it's not in the cards or it's right. just not right or the timing i mean timing is a big deal like timing matters um and so 
yeah, you might love them, but like if you just keep if you're just continually trying to make it work, like it's just not like that's kind of when you might want to ask yourself like is this really worth it, right. you know? Well, and you can love someone and they're not actually in the relationship at all. True. I mean, I've had a number of conversations with young adults and with people about this over the years where they're like I'm so invested in this relationship but they don't they just don't love me in the way that that honors God. You know, if, if you're loving God and you're chasing after God, but the person you're in a relationship with, and I'm, I'm not talking about marriage here, I'm talking about dating or, or mm-hmm. engagement, and they are just not pursuing you or they're not pursuing God, and it's just sort of this trivial thing that they have on the side, uh, that we've moved into a ter- territory where it's like mm-hmm. maybe you need to find something that's actually going to, you know, go in the direction it's supposed to go. Um, sometimes that ultimatum can wake the other person up and move them in the direction they need to go anyway. That, that's one. The other thing I would say is love isn't enough if, if abuse is happening. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, that's not love. And so, like, they need to really address their own situation. And if you're being told by somebody, like, yeah, just stay in it and honor God with, you know, being submissive to, to abuse, no, we're good. And I, I want to be clear, too. Abuse isn't necessarily what our culture always says is abuse today. Like, there's some weird things that are thrown out there. Like, if I say I don't like cheesecake, then I'm an abuser. Like, that's ridiculous. You know, like, we're talking about abuse. Like, whether it's verbal, emotional, spiritual, sexual abuse, that should not be happening. No. And so even if you love them, it, let's let's just be done with the, the conversation, um, get some counseling, or end it and just move on. Mm-hmm. So that would be my advice. Love and, I, I, and what you're saying, I totally agree with. I'm just putting like very yeah. practical pastoral moments to it because, you know, I've had people that come in, they're just like, well, I just really love him. And he just kind of beats me sometimes. Like those two things don't go together. It doesn't matter if you love him that much or mm-hmm. or even if she loves you that much. It doesn't matter if, if you know, or sorry, if you love her that much, if, if she's beating you or he's beating you, like that's, stop. Like you don't need to subject yourself to this. Let's move on. Let's figure this out. And I've even had that conversation within marriages. You know, if you've, if you've gotten married and you're still being abused, um, a, a separation, legal or not, is really important to start to set good boundaries in your marriage. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's where I would go with that. I mean, yeah, it, it can't be one-sided, right? So, mm-hmm. if no matter how much you love them, it can't, they have to love you back, you know? Yep. It can't be cannot be one-sided it's a two-way street it is it and is. in the words of the infamous not really infamous but the famous dc talk i love is a verb you know what i'm saying oh my gosh Do you remember that oh, you probably didn't even listen to him you're so young no i did yeah whatever down with the dc talk there you go now we're talking <laughs> all righty well thanks everybody for listening yeah if you have any Thoughts on our thoughts? Let us know. Sure. Any other questions you would like us to consider? Yeah. Also let us know. Fire those our way. Yeah. We throw out the things on Insta and none of you respond. Come on, people. Step up. Step up to play. All right, see you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Yamcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember to check us out on all the socials like Instagram at the Yamcast. We love to hear back from you guys, so please leave us a comment or a review, and we might even send you guys a sticker. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com.